You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer podcast. Let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down. Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, and I'm your host Greg Eel, the Culture Change Agent. On this show, we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate, empower, and inspire our current and future generation of leaders. And yo, we got a legendary show for you today. So. We're not going to read the bios because, shoot, I don't got no paper and I can't read the bio right now. And it's been that day, man. We've been on the road, been thugging it, man. It's what, it's, six, it's 6.30. We've been setting up for a couple hours because we want to bring you the best content that we can deliver. Like, I've never seen so much equipment in the studio right now and the lights and stuff like that. I didn't take a shower, but it's all good, man. We here. We in Charlotte, North Carolina. And this has been interviewed. It's, it's been in the making for a couple of years, to be real. Like, it just, yeah. But the season is about, like, closing circles. It's something about the number seven, right? Seven jewels. Like, it's something about the number seven. And this year, we're bringing it full circle, and I'm excited to introduce my brother, man. This is going to be a legendary episode, one of the best episodes of season seven. Um, so, yo, without further ado, I would like to introduce my brother, Khalil Lloyd, right? Right. Okay, I'm going to make sure I said it right. Khalil Lloyd said a Minority Trailblazer podcast, man. Welcome to the show. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me. Man, we in here, man. So, uh, man, this is a, this is a, it's, it's a moment right now because this week's been a lot, right? Like, yeah. we probably going to air this podcast somewhere October, September, November, but this is the week that, I mean, it's been going crazy in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. uh, police brutality as usual. So the energy's been kind of tepid to say the least, right? Got it yeah, so I mean, to be here recording content with my brother, my other brother, Woe, in the background, setting us up, getting us right. Um, I don't take it for granted because we know we've been in situations in our life where we probably couldn't be here in this day. Exactly. And that's the crazy thing about the culture and life. Like, we're supposed to still exist in a plane, deliver, um, do stuff for our business, do stuff for our kids, and all this other stuff. But it's like, yo, like, it's real in these streets right now, for real. Oh, and God has been blessing us to a certain extent, but sometimes you feel kind of weird. Like we getting all these blessings, we locked in, we doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm about to go to Cali for 13 days, but it's like people getting killed, mm-hmm. people getting shot. Right. And you always have to work with this duality. And we be in spaces mm-hmm. where worlds where people are not even acknowledging that stuff, right. which is kind of weird. It's not even the focus of the podcast, but it's real, right? Like when you shoot out those proposals you're gonna work on mm-hmm. later today, most of people that are reading proposals. They ain't moved by no march on Washington. Mm-hmm. They days just going on as planned. They worried about bandwidth and Wi-Fi and their kids getting the right instructions and all this other stuff. So um, I, I had to preface that because as we enter in this show, we just want to set the table, man. Like this and what we have in the culture, being able to break bread with brothers, man, talk openly and honestly on and off camera. 
is unique, man. So I want everybody to realize when we record this content, if, you, if you're new to this show, realize, man, like this is sacred ground and we want to treat it as such. But with that being said, man, if you can, can you share with us, the audience, man, a quote or a mantra that you stand by and then give us a practical story about how you apply that quote to, or mantra to your everyday life? Yeah, sure. Well, well, first off, Greg, you know, I appreciate you having me on the, the podcast. No doubt. I've been a huge fan, I mean, for the past maybe four or five plus years, man. Yeah, and I, crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's a blessing just to be here with you because I remember seeing you on the gram, doing your thing, and I was just so inspired that another brother, um, you know, in, in a fraternity, but also just another brother um, was out here really being an inspiration and, um, and trailblazing, you yeah. know what I'm saying, no pun intended. But uh, to answer your question, man, uh, I have quite a few mantras that I go by, but one that's really sticking out to me right now is, is three words. Um, identify, adapt, conquer. Uh-huh. Um, so for me in my life, you know, just to kind of give you a backstory, I was born in New York, but raised in Greensboro, North Carolina. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm from the south side of Greensboro, grew up there. Um, you know, what one would call a low poverty, you know, neighborhood, high crime, you know, high drug infested neighborhood. But all in all, you know, we were able to do what we had to do, right? We were able to survive. I had two parents in the household, so that was a huge blessing. And I had two younger brothers, and I still have two younger brothers that, um, you know, work with me still in the business yep. that I felt like I needed to make sure that I set a good example for. But navigating through the environment that I was in, I realized that it was important for me to really identify where I was at, mm-hmm. um, adapt and be a chameleon to certain situations that I may have been placed in. Mm-hmm. And then from there, conquer those situations, right? Be the best that I can be and whatever I want to do and whatever I set out to do. And so that's kind of the mantra that's carried me from you know, elementary to middle to school to high school. Um, even before I kind of came across that that vernacular, that vocabulary, yeah. I was always adapting. You always, always embodied it in the space. Yeah, mm-hmm. to try to be the best that I could be. And um, yeah, man, it was. It, it's been it's been quite a journey. But I'm so thankful that you know I'm, I'm right here on the minority trolling podcast. <laughs> that means that I'm, I'm doing something right. Yeah, so, yeah. You can relax, man. You can sit back, bro. Okay, cool, cool. You can sit back. We good? We still in frame? Can we push it up to make sure you sit back? All right. Can we get comfortable? We get real in this. Let's do it. Let's do it. So with that being said, man, can you share with the audience what's the last situation you conquered, man? Man, I feel like I conquered myself daily. Yeah. I don't feel like it's a situation <laughs> that's just like, um, I, I don't feel like I necessarily have to stop conquering. I feel like it's always kind of me versus me. Yep. Um, you know, when it comes down to it. So I'm constantly in a space of trying to be better than I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially within my business. It's one of those things where there's a huge learning curve mm-hmm. uh, to being a business owner, to having the responsibility of bringing in my own salary, paying my own bills. <laughs> Uh, not coming from uh, any sources outside of what we're bringing to the table yeah. in terms of our, our services and the products that we provide. Um, and then, you know, you alluded to this in your opening uh, sentiments. It's really just dealing with the duality of life, dealing with the madness of what's going on right now um, in our nation, um, you know, in our cities and around the world, but specifically now what's happening in, in 2020, we're dealing with a lot of factors that we've never had to deal with right? once in one particular year. 
right? We're, we're in a global pandemic, right? <laughs> Being affected by, by this COVID-19 virus. Um, but then something that has been going on for quite some time since the inception of, of, of this nation is that we have the authorities that be mm-hmm. killing um, our black community. Mm-hmm. That's killing us, literally. And, um, you know, there's a lot of unrest going on right now, but uh, I think a couple of things that are coming out of this that, that are positive is that we're able to come together. People are waking up. Right? Mm-hmm. We have social media. We have cameras. So now mm-hmm. police and the authorities that, 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 that are, they are now being held accountable. Quick question. Can we flip it? Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because, I mean, if we flip it side, then we can oh, get the yeah. ink learn that in the frack. Always All right, so keep rocking, bro. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're just in a time where I feel like the community now is, is, is really coming together. Like, we're really able to rally around issues that are affecting everybody. Yeah. And uh, I think that's really important for us to realize a couple things, like our power yeah. um, in terms of our spending power, yeah. um, our intellectual power, and then just our power together, right? I think there's a lot of examples historically of what we've done when we've really come together um, and built up communities, right? I mean, one of the most famous that folks should know mm-hmm. is 1921, Tulsa, Oklahoma, right? Mm-hmm. But even before then, that was the massacre. But before then, there was a thriving community in Tulsa, mm-hmm. um, predominantly black. And um, they had hospitals, yep. they had movie theaters, they had their busing systems, you know, and, um, you know, obviously, you know, folks didn't like that. White folks didn't like that. And they came and terrorized and bombed and killed all these people. And we no longer have a lot of examples of those particular communities right now in, in, our, in our particular society. I'm sure we have a, a little pockets here or there, mm-hmm. but just imagine from the early 1900s, if we were able to keep and maintain those communities what it would do for us right now. And so I think, um, you know, what I always like to talk to my brothers and talk to my sisters about within the community is how do we recreate, you know, that particular uh, system and structure in today's modern age? Because uh, it's time for us to go ahead and come together and stop and and stop bull jobbing. I think we understand that now. I think the difficult part as we kind of that we'll probably touch on this interview, man, is, is two things, patience and sacrifice, right? Yeah. Because when we talk about reinvesting in our community and things of that nature, we got, we got to make money, right? You, right, got, right, right? you got two people on staff and your other brother, he's bringing, he's part-time bringing them on full. It's like, yeah. well, you, you want to help black business, but you, you start throwing out rates and certain mm-hmm. things, they're going to be like, bruh. So right. then it's like, so are we, who's going who gonna to make the sacrifice? Are they going to make the sacrifice of the investment? Mm. Do you make sacrifices and cut rates or do th- things of that nature? Right. And we're not going to go in depth about it, but those are, because in theory, it sounds well, right? Mm. But then we always say, hey, we want to take it to the next level. We want to mm. level up, right? Well, shoot, a lot of times, unfortunately, in Western culture, that level up means white business because they got a bigger budget, mm. right? Mm. We're, going, we're trying to get the corporate bread. You know, corporate mm. bread different, right? Very much so. So... I think that the gap is if you are black and corporate, figuring out ways to get people on. So mm-hmm. then share, because then once you get more resources, then you can allocate more time mm-hmm. to projects that maybe can't really straight the budget. But right. we got to find a way to work within those gaps because realistically, mm-hmm. if you're really trying to say bring your next brother on full time, well, you got what you have to do. You got to bring mm-hmm. on more clients, right? Or right. the clients you have scale up. Right. But how many, what percentage of clients do you believe that are African American that you serve right now? 
to be honest, we work with a bunch of nonprofit organizations yeah. that are really like uh, mission and vision led around the community focus around mm -hmm. like doing good, serving the underserved communities. And so I would say really a good 50 percent of our clients oh, great. are, mm -hmm. um, you know, black, or African-American. And that's a huge blessing because it's nothing better than, than doing business with folks in your community. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, a lot of people, some people may not have the best experience, you mm -hmm. know, working within a community. But I think that's something that we just have to push through. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. But understanding that we never started off with an equal playing field, we have to give our brothers and sisters some grace. Mm -hmm. It ain't going to be perfect all the time. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, for us, you know, I think we have a good, diverse clientele base and it's continuing to grow. But because people understand that, you know, for one, we're a family and, uh, you know, we come from a, a black and brown community, people relate to us mm -hmm. and they want to do business with us in a real way. But for us, you know, we also are really, really intentional about doing good business, mm -hmm. right? Making sure that we follow up. Mm -hmm. um, we really take pride in, in our business acumen to be able to service our clients at a high level yeah. so that they know, like, um, it's transparent across the board. You know, you're going to have a conversation with us. You're going to have a discovery call mm -hmm. right from there. Once we kind of negotiate the budget, we send you a budget proposal. You get it. It's itemized. You get a good understanding of what you're getting, how much time we're putting into it. Um, and then from there, we proceed with our pre-production process, our, our production where we show it with our cameras and then post-production. Right. So what we try to do is make sure that everything is laid out. It's transparent across the board. Clients know what our expectations are. Um, and we know what we're tasked to do. Um, and so that's what's really important in terms of structuring business is like, yo, the business comes first. Mm -hmm. Budget proposal, your agreements. Like these are all standard, um, you know, documents that you have to have in place in order to do business um, at a at a basic level. Mm -hmm. And then as you continue to elevate and work with other companies, million, billion dollar companies, um, you'll realize that you need to go ahead and um, you know, have the right structures and, and systems in place to be able to service uh, your clients. So mm -hmm. I think that's that's very important. But yeah, we got a diverse clientele. And, um, you know, if you guys are watching this and you need any visuals <laughs> or you, you need any marketing support, feel free to reach out to us and we'll be happy to service you. Mm. So which brings us to let's take a whole step back because I didn't do that. I didn't do a proper bio or intro. So those we already talking about videos and stuff like that. Break down our audience, man, like who you are, like you you, brief, you briefly talked about where you come from, sure, sure, but talk sure. about the business real quick so they can kind of level set for mm. those that are new to us and things that are new to y'all rather sure. um, about the business, what y'all do. And then we're going to unpack it and see how much you've grown because I've yeah. seen even the business structures and templates, I guarantee when you first started, it wasn't yeah, like yeah. that. Nah, not at all. And we want to get everybody at, at minimum in whatever business you are or even professionally at a level where you're at least have, operating at the minimum level of... Mm. Efficiency, because I'm seeing a lot right now. It's cool online to like post on Twitter, Instagram. Hey, yo, give me my raid and not negotiate and whatnot. But you the same people that's not like, bro, you're not even doing a discovery call, like, right. or you have no templates on how to make payments. So we trying to break, get you bread, and we right. can't even get you money, like, right? Because right. and there's there's levels to it. We want to harp on this because a these are mistakes that I've made, right. mistakes that you made. But now you want high level bread, mm -hmm. you want top dollar. But it's like, yo. Get those frameworks to make it easy to right, have those right, top right. dollar conversations. So right. share, share with our audience, man, 
um, more about your business, man, and from the start, and then we're going to unpack it. Yeah. So, yeah, again, you know, my name is Khalil Lloyd. I serve um, as the executive producer at Lloyd Visuals. Um, we are a creative agency, mm-hmm. uh, but we specialize in digital storytelling. Mm-hmm. So um, Lloyd Visuals is comprised of uh, myself and my two younger brothers, mm-hmm. uh, Najim and Malik. Um, Najim is our kind of like digital brand guru. Mm-hmm. So he focuses on um, our branding and marketing. Uh, Malik is our lead cinematographer and editor. Mm-hmm. So he is just a whiz kid and um, around all of the visuals that you see um, online on our website, um, on our Instagram page. He is truly, truly uh, a genius, you know, and a prodigy when it comes down to his skill set and what he does. So, um, you know, man, by the grace of God, we've been operating now. It'll be four years, December 19th mm-hmm. of this year, be four years that we have been in business. And we've had the prestige honor of working with companies such as, you know, Airbnb, um, BBC, uh, Institute for Responsible Citizenship, a nonprofit based in D.C., communities and schools, um, you know, even some of the other like fashion brands like Nike, Foot Action, uh, Clark's, just to name a few. Shout out to Clark's. I mean, I love, love the Wallabies. I need a sponsorship. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man. So it's been it's been a huge blessing that, you know, we've been able to come together, pull pull all of our talents together because I feel like we we are very like diversely talented, but pull those together to work towards a common goal which is liberation, which is freedom, which is providing um, eventually wealth and generational wealth for our family. And so, you know, my motto has always been, you know, entrepreneurship, I feel like is the key to liberation. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously you have different ways that, that you can continue to invest and build wealth. But for, for me, charting my own path, being my own boss was the first step and me really making it happen for mm-hmm. me really stepping out, um, you know, somewhat building my parachute on the way down. Um, again, I am from Greensboro, but I came to Charlotte to go to school. Mm-hmm. So I studied healthcare, uh, health communications and public health. And when I graduated in December of 2014, I started working as a healthcare consultant. Yep. And um, I did that for three years. Mm-hmm. It was a great experience, but I immediately knew that Working in that corporate environment just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. I excelled and I was able to get promoted a few times, but I just was not happy. Mm-hmm. I wasn't fulfilled. And it was a period of time in 2017 where I had moved back to Greensboro to help out with my to help my family out. And uh, I had got a consulting job, so it allowed me the flexibility to work from wherever it had a, uh, a international airport. Mm-hmm. And so um, I decided to move back home. And when I realized, man, you know, I was still paying the bills, still taking care of the things that I needed to take care of, I still wasn't happy. It mm-hmm. felt like it was just putting a Band-Aid over, over something. And so I feel like I needed exponential change. I needed to do something that was going to drastically change my situation. And um, prior to that, and I kind of skipped over a few steps, is that as soon as I got to corporate, we started Lloyd Visuals or we okay. started talking about it. Yep, yep, so yep. we had been in the in the conversation about building a business since 2015. Yep. And so we did a trial run 2015 to see if it worked out, to mm-hmm. see if this uh, business was even viable, if we could sustain ourselves. And then once I got to a place where I said, OK, well, we're bringing in a decent amount of money. Um, I'm working on the weekends. I'm hustling when I get off work. It's nonstop. Um, it wasn't until I felt comfortable that 
if I did quit my job, I would have something to fall on. I would mm-hmm. have a business that was cash flowing, that was generating some income that could potentially substitute my salary at the time. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I decided to make the jump in um, the end of 2017. And um, this would be 2018, 29. So this would be my third year full time uh, working in Lloyd Visuals. So this is just the start. This is just kind of like the first um building, if you will. Mm-hmm. And we plan to build a lot more buildings um, because I, I kind of I classify myself as a business, uh, a serial entrepreneur, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not just going to be kind of one dimensional in my approach to to being an entrepreneur. I feel like I uh, want to dib and dab in, in, a, in a lot of different things. So tell me what it's like working with family, man. Like how, because I mean, there's, I know people that have different experiences doing that, man. Yeah, so for sure. how have you been able to kind of maintain that, that brotherly vibe for but sure. still execute on a high level yeah. for dang near four years, and that's tough. Without especially a brothers, because I mean brothers, y'all love each other, but I know sometimes <laughs> like bro, like just yeah, yeah, nah. That's a good question. We get that a lot. Like we get, yo, you work with your brothers. I can never work with my brother. I can never work with my siblings. Mm-hmm. And I just come from the perspective of, um, you know, it's family first. Mm-hmm. We got to make it work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if we fighting for the same things. If we're working towards providing a better life for our family, um, for our grandparents, for our aunts and uncles and immediate family, then we got to figure out a way to to put our egos aside and work together. Mm-hmm. Um, I would rather work with family before I work with a stranger. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's just common sense to me. Yeah. But then when I look at uh, when I go on Forbes and I check out the top 100 billionaires, what I'm looking at is. The Waltons, mm-hmm. you know, I'm looking at Johnson and Johnson. I'm looking at, you know, these different billionaires that are families, right? So when you even when you look at, you know, the banking families, yeah, right, and they kept that they they kept it in the house, tight, yeah, right. So when you look at the blueprint of how wealth has been generating, uh, generated um, around the world. It starts with family business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It starts with family business. And so I think we got to get back to that. Um, we got to find a way to, to really make it work. But luckily, you know, for, for myself, Malik and Najim, again, we are diversely talented. So the things that I do really well, they may not do. Mm-hmm. Right. The things that they do well, I don't do yeah. so well. And so we're able to kind of be that yin to the yang and complement each other very well. And it works out. It mm. works out. So, yeah, we, we make it work. <laughs> so what's the biggest things? I know we talked earlier about processes, templates, principles. You're there now. Yeah, yeah. Airbnb, BBC, et cetera. But walk us through, like, where were you at when you first got started, man? Getting your, how was, first of all, walk us through getting your first client. Yeah, yeah. And then walk us through getting your biggest client. And, mm. we, and let, I don't let the audience do the parallels, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, when, when you first get started, um, I like to say... And I like these phrases because I like for things just to be really like clean and straight to the point, right? Things that I can really remember and then utilize in in practice. And, um, you know, I talked about uh, identifying, adapting and conquering. Right. Um, I have another kind of three letter phrase that's uh, ideate, execute and systemize. Mm -hmm. And so as I ideate, I had to really think about. You know, what are some good ideas that we could utilize that were like very viable to turn into a business? Mm -hmm. And so so when we first started off, what I did is I realized, okay, 
I took inventory and first, like, what am I really good at? Mm -hmm. You know, what could I do? You know, um, because I always preach self-awareness. I never tell anybody to like, if you work in a job, like go quit your job right now. If you're Mm -hmm. really passionate about something, nah, like really take inventory and look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm really good at this. Um, This is a skill set that I could potentially make money off of. Um, And these are some things that I'm not good at. So I may need to hire my weaknesses. Mm -hmm. But just to get back to to, to your point, another kind of phrase that I like to go by is uh, infiltrate educate then vacate mm-hmm. right so how i looked at it is all right when i'm going and working within my corporate job mm-hmm. it's time for me to I'm, I'm in there yeah right we in the mix now it's time for me to educate myself yeah so what's going on how are they doing business mm-hmm. how are they getting these big contracts when i look at the contract that i'm on and i'm servicing you know uh 20 20 hospitals across the nation and dealing with their data and I'm looking at the contract. I said, okay, this is a million dollar contract now. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm getting a nice, you know, little salary, but it ain't no million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, so close. what are some of the business practices that that my company is able to do in order to attain, um, you know, this type of, of client and get this type of contract? And uh, once I realized that and started educating myself around the business behind how uh, corporate entities work, I was just able to then apply that to to what we're doing here at Lloyd Visuals. And Mm -hmm. so, again, you know, it's getting in there. It's educating yourself. And then from there, vacate, Mm -hmm. vacate and apply those skills, apply that every everything that you learn into whatever it is that you're passionate about and start building that structure. But I don't think it's rocket science. I feel like we overcomplicate things sometimes. But, you know, we have this tool called the Internet. Mm -hmm. And you can literally go and find out whatever it is that you want to find out in terms of confidentiality agreements, non-disclosure agreements, service agreement templates. You can find all this information out there uh, from a legal side and then equip yourself with enough knowledge to then go talk to an expert and get the real deal. Mm -hmm. So that was really the foundation. It was like being in a setting, understanding, learning the tricks of the trade, and then applying that to what we do. And um, regarding like our clients, it really starts with- you nah, know, What was the first client though? Like first who client? was the first client? Ah, oh, man, our first client, it was really like we started creating content for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it was, it was really like, we just started creating content that we were really passionate about. So yeah. I would say like we were our first clients yeah. because we were like, kind of like the test dummies, if you will. We had an idea, Malik had the camera, said, okay, let's let's film, mm-hmm. you know, let's do some fashion videos. So uh, Najim is really into urban wear. Mm-hmm. So we first started creating like fashion videos for Najim. And then when I graduated from college, Malik actually created a whole montage of my graduation. Mm-hmm. He pulled in videos from when I was like seven years old. Mm -hmm. He interviewed my grandma, interviewed our parents, and then actually got the footage of me walking across the stage Mm -hmm. and put that together. And when I saw that, I said, wow. Like it brought tears to my eyes. Wow. So I said, man, anything, any piece of content that can have that much of an emotional pull on somebody, I think we got something here. Yeah. So it really just started off with, with us. Um, our first actually like paid client 
that's hard. I mean, we do, we work with so many people. And to be honest, bro, I don't know exactly who our first, like, here's our first check client. Here's like our first dollar, you know, kind of if you work in resale or whatever that you put up on a wall. Um, I can't recall our very first one, but I do know that we got a lot of support from the Brotherhood. You know, shout out to Alpha Five Fraternity Incorporated. Shout out to, you know, my chapter Mutal at UNC Charlotte, Pa Zeta at uh, UNCG, and, and obviously, you know, Beta Epsilon at, at uh, A&T. But, um, you know, a lot of the brothers in BI, man, I don't want to leave nobody out, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? But shout out to the whole, you know, Brotherhood because, um, you know, we were able to just tap into the folks that really knew us and really yeah. had relationships with us. And because they knew that, hey, I know these brothers, they do good work, let me give them a chance. And uh, so we got a lot of support, you know, from the brotherhood and, and, and I thank God for that. And, you know, that led to, you know, three, four years later, getting a contract with Airbnb. Yeah. And being able to travel all around the world. Yeah, you know, with, with walk, walk, walk us through that. Walk us, th- nah, before we, walk, before we go to Airbnb, I, mm-hmm. I, I do want to bring out a couple points that, uh, that were, they were, were really big. One, you were your first client. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. people want to sell, sell stuff. It's like, but shoot, have you used the product you sold? Like, right, did right, it work right. for you? Did right. you use it? Did it work? And you want to sell other people? Like, oh, I want to teach you how to be millionaires. Are you a millionaire? You a millionaire? Like, right. I, want, I want to teach you how to be more confident. I'm like, bro, you're not even that confident. Like, I want to coach and consult speakers. Like, bro, you ain't really did over 50 grand speaking. How are you going to consult and do that? Like, and we live in a culture where you think you can take a master class and voila, you a coach. Right. And no offense to that. Like, okay, I, I, I know I'm not going to miss you. I know there's some great sellers. I know them personally. A lot of the people that, that, that run the master class game. Mm-hmm. Take that course. Pay $10,000. Pay $5,000. Pay $2,500. And learn and, and, and grow your craft, right? Right. But um, I say that to say, I think I think that's really big in servicing yourself. Mm. But then also too, looking like really intentionally looking at your own network mm. of who you can add value to. Right. Like because let's let's be friends. If I hey, well I I got a a soap and you already got soap. I mean, it's, I really can't add value to it. Yeah. And here's what happens: people get upset because oh well, Lloyd don't f with my stuff. Well, Lloyd don't need your stuff, right? right? Find people like I'm telling you, everybody got these dang phones. Right. And you got all these contacts in your phones. Right, right. But then if you got a business, I'm talking about literally, do you have the will to look at your phone, whatever you're doing? Even, and, and let's take a deep, deep breath, because if you got people that's not entrepreneurs, you're going to mm. think, oh, this ain't apply to me. No, no, no. Even in your career, if you need guidance on something, mm. one, having the knowledge, know you need guidance as a skill set. Right. But then going through your phone, who can give me help on this? Facts. Immediately. Facts. Because you got people wallowing around, I don't know where I'm the next step of my career. And you wallow in that space for five, six months, a year. Right. When you had the people in your contact list that could have gave you that advice. For so sure. I said it to say it was really deep that you said, hold up, we should start it with people that knew us. <laughs> right? Right. People that ever with us and we can get in the game. You know, bros always want to get content, yeah, want to get right. sized. Right. So you get in that measure. So I want everybody that is listening to us to really take those two things involved. And don't just think too, even if you're an advanced level entrepreneurship, that you don't forget those steps. Because exactly. just like you have evolved or I've evolved since we first met, mm-hmm. you've evolved as well. So our conversations that we first talked are different <laughs> than what we conversations we have now. And imagine what they're going to talk in five years, right? right? right. So I, I challenge everybody every now and then, Go through your contacts, for right? Sure, sure. And if people you ain't talked to, go ahead and delete them. I mean, you, you can just double tap on Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. and keep it moving. Right. But why have 2,000 contacts in your phone right. and you still broke? Right. 
Why have 2,000 contacts in your phone, your business struggling, your marriage struggling, your kids struggling? Right. Or if you're doing well, here's the catch. I think y'all y'all about to lose me. Mm -hmm. If you're doing well mm -hmm. and you ain't giving it back, you ain't helping other people in your contacts. You looking through stuff, oh, they need to do better. No, you need to do better at helping out the community, which goes back to our first point. Mm -hmm. As far as really intensely in our culture, whether you're doing good, bad, or in the middle, mm -hmm. specifically saying, how can I add value to That's someone right. else? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Identify the problem. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of problems. Yeah, it's a lot of problems out here. Mm -hmm. So they need what to be service, solved. yeah. What service or what product can you provide to solve that problem? Mm -hmm. Something that you truly want to do, mm -hmm. that you're truly passionate about doing, and that you're truly good at. Mm -hmm. So I agree, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Damn, I got excited about that because I'm like, yo, it's simple. Yeah. And I didn't realize it was that simple too. You try to make things complex. Because yeah. here's the thing. A lot of us want to make complex so we don't have to do the work. Mm. So we can just say, oh, I tried. It's too hard. Like, oh, it's, it's I try. Oh, start a business. Well, I got I to gotta get the business plan together. Oh, I got to get the capital. I got to do this. Bro, you didn't have to do none of that, bro. Yeah. Like, you, you didn't. But you you said you wanted to do that. So then when you talk to your friends, you can be like, yeah, I'm working on it. Right. And your mind can say you're working on it, but you're not working on it, right? True. So, True. or even us, like I said, we're in a, we, we, we hit six figures this year. It's like, hold up, let's get a meal. Well, what does that look like? Mm. Who am I networking to meet a meal? Who am I networking to scale to that? Right. Have, I, have I talked to them? Mm. If I haven't done that scaffolding, Nine times in ten, unless God say, hey, I need you to get that, mm -hmm. you ain't going to mm -hmm. get it. Right. So even those that are doing well, if you want to do better, we still have to follow those same rules. Because sometimes mm -hmm. success, has success ever kind of lead you to a low in your career where you kind of forgot some of the principles a little bit that you based off? Man, I'm going to be honest, yo. Like, I haven't reached my level of success yet. Yeah. Right? Like, so I feel like everybody has a different uh, definition of what success means to them. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, and you know what? I'll take that back now that I'm thinking about it, right? Because I feel like I am successful based upon the freedom of time that I have, mm -hmm. right? Like success doesn't necessarily all, always have to be about how much we're netting each year. Mm -hmm. It could be, you know what? I can clear my calendar to have a conversation with Greg today. Mm -hmm. And there's nobody that's going to tell me that I got to check in somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So I like to retract that statement, man. I feel like there's always new levels that I can get to. Yeah. And so that I have achieved, you know, a level of success uh, in terms of the freedom of time that I have. Mm -hmm. But it's a constant growth phase that I want to continue to be. And I feel like I'm a student of life. Mm -hmm. I'm never necessarily going to like arrive somewhere and feel like, oh, I got it. I've gotten to the mountaintop. Nah, it's just a couple more steps that I got to continue to keep climbing. And even if I did reach a particular mountaintop, it's my duty to lift mm -hmm. as I'm climbing. So it's not just about, oh, getting somewhere. It's about, OK, looking around me and who else did I bring with me? Mm -hmm. Because what's the point to gain a whole world and lose your soul mm -hmm. or gain a whole world and then not have anybody to share it with? So, you know, for me, um, I feel like, man, like to be where I'm at right now at 28 years old to, you know, have my own office space, to have a, a family business that I'm working and employing my two younger brothers and employing, you know, other black and brown creatives in the area. Mm -hmm. That is successful. Yeah. Now, we haven't made a million dollars yet, you know, but in the grand scheme of things, we know that 
we already millionaires. We just haven't necessarily attained it, materialized it just yet. Yeah. But inside of us, the intellectual property that we have, the conversations that we have, the experiences mm-hmm. that we've had make us wealthy. And I think there's something critical about that because the, there's, a, there's a unique group of people in this world. And hopefully my podcast listeners, I think y'all listen to podcasts, y'all, 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 y'all those unique people that see value in people before the value actualizes. Mm. But the key, the actually, the, the, when, I, when I wrote the book, Remember You're a Genius, is really because it's hit on what you said. If you believe who you are, who you, who you believe you are, and mm. you act as in it now, mm. then really, I think Will Smith said it best, you just wait for the world to catch up. That's right, that's and right. And then even if they don't, even if you never hit it, if you move in that way, man, like, that's that's all that matters, right? The mindset, the mind state. Mm. But I want to before we, cause we gonna we, I ain't forgot about the Airbnb, mm. but I do. It just popped in my mind, man. Um, what for you, man? Because I know you're a big Nipsey Hustle fan. Like, sure. what is what is the what is the top things that you really got from Nipsey and just his his movement, his energy and whatnot? And I'm always curious because I'm gonna yeah. be honest. I I I got hip after. Mm. I mm. always respected him. But I never really understood. Mm. Um, but now I kind of have understanding. But I know for you, you're really throwing through a Nipsey fan, man. Yeah, so sure. what did you what did you get from him, bro? You know what? Outside of man, first of all, man, rest in peace, the late great Ermius Askadome, aka Nipsey Hustle, man. Um, he's probably been one of the greatest ins- inspirations that I've had, to be honest, right? I feel like he's our modern day Malcolm. Martin, uh, Garvey, mm-hmm. Tucson Louverture, like all mm-hmm. the greats that I look up to, Fred Hampton's, like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like Nipsey is up there. Mm-hmm. And it's more so about like who he is, yeah, who he is and um, as, a, as a man, mm-hmm. first and foremost, the way he carried himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, his articulation, Mm -hmm. his business acumen, Mm -hmm. the way he supported and, you know, treated his friends around him, his brothers around him, his, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, his his kids, his community. Mm -hmm. That's what I admired the most about Nip. Mm -hmm. Like, regardless of any song he put out, Mm -hmm. I knew that he was a real person that stood for something. Mm And it wasn't about the glitz and glam. It was about, you know, coming from a community uh, that, you know, it, and I have no idea. I, I, had, I didn't grow up in, in L.A. I didn't grow up, you know what I'm saying, on Crenshaw or anything like that. But I understand the struggle from just growing up in the hood. You know what and I'm saying? And, and, real. And what that, you know what I mean? Like what everything that comes with that. And so for him mm-hmm. to climb up out of that maze and uh, achieve some of the things that he achieved, man, and do it with, you know, his close friends and family. Mm-hmm. Man, that was, uh, you know, everything to me. And, and so I continue to, you know, look up to bro in a, in a lot of different, and I pull from a, like a lot of his interviews, um, you know, his songs, all of that good stuff. But yeah, man, rest in peace and rest in power to the late great Nip, Nip Hustle, man. But um, one thing that really stands out to me about Nip in terms of business is, uh, creating a business that's vertically integrated. Mm-hmm. And he talks about uh, from like raw material to retail, being able to have a business that, that handles the creation of the product, 
the distribution um, and it's going direct to consumer. So I feel like, you know, that particular model is so important for us because we realize that we don't really necessarily need a lot of middlemen, you know, to, to get the job done. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that was his approach with the marathon store. That was his approach with the proud to pay campaign, um, you know, selling his, his Crenshaw CD for a mixtape for a hundred dollars. Like that mm-hmm. wasn't heard of at the time, but you know, he was able to really maximize, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? He was able to, uh, get the attention of Jay-Z who ended up buying like a hundred copies and, and, mm-hmm. and wanting them 10 K. And so those were some moves right there that I looked at. I was like, damn, you know, if, if Nip can do it, I can, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so, yeah, man, I, I pulled from, you know, a lot of, uh, what he's left behind, a lot of the content, a lot of the music. And I just want to constantly like be an inspiration to the people that's proximate to me within my circle of influence. And um, I think I, I, I make it intentional to to be sure that I'm trying to just show up as my best self always mm-hmm. so that I can let other people know, man, it's cool to be yourself. Like you don't got to be anybody that you're not. You know what I'm saying? Like, And, um, you know, I was able to just kind of rest in that and, and Nip was one of those examples where I'm like, man, you don't got to fold. You don't got to switch up. You can just remain true to who you are and um, and continue to still be successful. Mm. And that's a there's a lot with that, man. I think the biggest thing that one of the biggest things that I got from a from an example perspective is uh, really when he 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 set his own temperature mm. like we can let. The culture, we can let our friends, our family set our own temperature. When I say that, like, like even controlling your schedule, mm. controlling your price points, mm. controlling your relationships, not controlling like in a possessive way, but controlling what energy you bring in your space or not. Right. I feel like his his steadfastness, like, all right, his this I'm a dictated. Mm. Oh, 10,000 copies at a hundred dollars. Boom, it's there. Or or a hundred a thousand. Okay. Some people, oh man, heck no, blah, blah, blah. Somebody gonna buy him. And if they didn't, hey, I stood on it. Right. And we live in a culture where two things, and the reason why I can say this, because I've been one of the people that didn't stand on my square, been one of the people that's not a person of their word, and we've mm-hmm. grown into becoming one of them. So that's why I can speak candidly on that is we live in a culture where majority of people are not, they, their word is not mine. Mm-hmm. We live in a culture where majority of people do not stand on their square mm-hmm. at all. If there's an opportunity for them to come up, they take it. If it's beyond principle, hey, well, I, I'll get forgiveness later. Mm-hmm. Or... It's just, and it's, and it's a weird space where that means like real people like a Nipsey, like yourself, that people that are solid, mm. it makes it a, uh, it makes it kind of difficult because I mean, in the day, if we're, if we're going to move forward as a culture, bro, we all got to be locked in. Facts. Like we really got to, if we say we're going to do something for somebody, then do it. Or mm. if we don't be able to communicate it, that's right. it. Right. But it, a lot of times the ego comes in because we don't want to make say seem like somebody like, oh, dang, well, they going to think that I ain't got it. Mm. Or they going to think that I'm not. Well, it's okay, bro. Like, cause that we 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 have to be in living a consistent state of compassion and empathy. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, that's what slavery done done to us. We always mm-hmm. empathetic because even like we having a. I mean, there's been days I had a great day, got another contract, got mm-hmm. this. Somebody got killed. Dang, I can't even be. I can't mm-hmm. even win. Yeah. Like I can't be like, yo, let's get it. I gotta be like, damn. Or you get a call, your your uncle, your brother in jail. You right. like. Or somebody got pulled over or some nonsense, or you yeah. get a ticket in the mail or something you shouldn't even got pulled over for. Yeah. But I said at the same Airbnb, bro. Yeah. 
Like that's yeah, huge. Yeah, for sure. Walk us through that, man. How'd you get that deal? What it looked like traveling the world? Yeah. I was like, bro, like everywhere. <laughs> oh, I'm in California, bro. Oh, I'm in Oregon, bro. I'm in San Juan. I'm like, damn, bro. Like, what's like, bro? I'm in, like, bro. Hello. Like, yo, that's crazy. Yeah, man. Um, I always say, you know, it's it's power in relationships if you're yeah. a good steward of them. Um, say the last part again, though. Yeah, it's it's power in relationships if you are a good steward of the relationship. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's not about transactions. Yeah, transactions, but it's not about like who you know. It's not about who knows you. It's about who knows you and who's willing to give you an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, again, the power of relationships, we were grinding. We were just doing our thing, you know, putting our content out on Instagram and um you know, we just kind of developed a small following based upon, you know, who were proximate to us and, and you know, kind of, um, you know, the folks that saw some of our videos, they understood the quality of what we could produce. So, um, you know, one of the brothers that was in my chapter, he ended up graduating, I want to say in like 2011 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never met him. Mm-hmm. But in 20, yeah, this was 2019, I got a call for him. He said, yo, I think I got an opportunity for you. And, um, you know, he called me up, told me about the opportunity. I said, okay, cool, cool. It sounds great. He was like, I'm going to hit you back with more details later. So he called me back and he was like, uh, yo, could y'all be in Mexico City in two weeks? I was like, what? Yeah, we can make it happen. You know, we're we going to find a way. Yeah, I think yeah. I, we can clear our schedule. Yeah, what we talking about, though? Yeah, like, what we talking what's, about? What's up, though? Like, yeah, yeah, like what's going can on? Can we be in Mexico? Like, yeah, so... I can be anywhere. Yeah, well, I'd be anywhere you need me to yeah, be, brother, yeah. if the price is right. <laughs> so, man, anyway, um, you know, we were able to work out a deal, and our first, you know, contract was, you know, going out to Mexico City, Cancun, and San Francisco. <laughs> to, you know, document some of their, uh, you know, it's a global training initiative that they had going on. And, you know, we did a really good job. Uh, The team really enjoyed us, you know, stayed, um, you know, kind of fervent in making sure that we followed up, you know, making sure that we was on time, uh, making sure that we communicated uh, all the basics, right? The basic, but the necessary basics. The necessary basics on that the foundation. Yeah. You know, we just. On every level. Right. That's what we think. We think, oh, when I get to that level, yeah, yeah. then I'm going to be on time. Yeah. Then I'm going to have this. But then like, well, shoot, you just trashing everybody else. For sure. And then they're going to be like, oh, what's your references? Or people were getting around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel me? But that's. For sure. It's it's when preparation meets opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right. We was already prepared. The opportunity presented itself. We was ready. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So mm-hmm. we was ready. You know, we hopped on that plane and, and plot right in Mexico City. And, uh, you know, it was always a surreal experience, right? But just to kind of fast forward, after that particular engagement, um, it got us a contract extension of 10 cities around the world. Wow. And so, you know, we were able to travel. Let's see if I can remember. I can be pretty sure I can remember. But um, so we hit after that, we hit Barcelona, um, Spain, Lisbon. Portugal, we had Cape Town, South Africa, we did uh, London, Paris, Sweden, bruh, uh, Rio, yeah, I did, bro, Sao Paulo, bruh, we did Bali, Indonesia, <laughs> and Seoul, South Korea, for real, for real, that's crazy, and what, and in two weeks, 
No, 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 no. This was a, this was over a span of like I'll say you know six, eight months. Wow. All last year. So 2019 was a big year for us. We we got a chance to literally travel the world. Yeah, and you get know, paid for it. Get paid. And y'all yeah. was eating, like y'all was eating good. Y'all was living good. Oh, like man, I mean, yeah, for sure. Did y'all do any other work during that time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in between times that we weren't traveling, uh-huh. we we had projects here in the states. So. Um, yeah, another pro man, man, by the grace of God, we were able to meet Congressman John Lewis, may you rest in power, mm-hmm. and got to sit in his his office on Capitol Hill. And I got a chance to interview uh, you know, the late great mm-hmm. John Lewis as well. So that was all in 2019. So we had a, a phenomenal year last man, year. Man, that's yeah. that's crazy. So, man, um, did you have time to really reflect like why you were in there? Like, hold up, like <laughs> we really doing this. Like, hey, we really are everywhere doing this getting yeah. paid to do it and yeah. it's kind of fun like because the world sometimes will trick you it's i, I say this for myself it trick you when you're living a life that you always wouldn't live mm. that you should feel guilty about it or you should you should like it's something where it's like something's not right or it's like they and i guess that can kind of be in black like because you know any day all it takes one thing and you're like eh? mm-hmm. well they yeah. ain't like so like did you ever feel that way or how did, or did you ever have a time to assess I tried to live in the moment as much as I yeah. could, to be honest. Um, I knew that it was a gift from God. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I honestly felt like there, there are no coincidences in life. There's yeah. always a reason uh, behind why you are at a certain place at a certain time. There's a reason why we're right here having this conversation. And um, when you're truly operating in your purpose, mm-hmm. you know the the sea is going to part ways for you mm-hmm. and people and opportunities are going to come into your life um, that you wouldn't even imagine if you were just obedient. If you realize, mm-hmm. man, if you, when you become obedient to really tapping into, um, you know, the higher power and the power within and you start walking in your purpose, you're going to realize that, you know, uh, it, it's way bigger than you. But I got a chance to really like just, soak in and, and, and bask in the experience. Uh, but I, I feel like I got a chance to just meet God every day, um, you know, on my airplanes, through meeting folks in different countries, um, through the experiences and the conversations that I was having. And, um, you know, I continue to have like out of body experience. Every time we landed in a different place, I just, I would do this thing where, where when we landed at a particular airport and we took an Uber or a taxi anywhere, I mean, I just, stare out the window and just thank God for, you know, safe travels, but then also the opportunity just to be here, mm-hmm. like vividly, just remember Greensboro. That's it, bro. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just a, just a young brother with a dream, man, that, you know, want to provide for his family and just do what I got to do to make this world a better place while I'm here. And uh, to have those experiences really, uh, they really allowed me to see that, okay, I, I'm, I may be on the right path. Mm, mm, mm. Um, question, man. Um, let's let's do it like this. So, if you had to give yourself any advice, man, your twenty-one-year-old version of yourself—that's yeah. seven years ago. Matter of fact, let's go back ten years ago. Eighteen, okay. man. Eight-year-old Lord, he walked in this. He walked in this room, sat down right here, and he said, "Yo, what you got to tell me, dog? Like, are you you looking? You looking like you getting bread, but you look at your skin. You're like, what's up, bro? Like." <laughs> Put me on. What you what you got for me so I can accelerate this, man? Like, what yeah. would you tell him? Man, 
uh, the 18-year-old version of myself, I would tell him, you know, I would tell him to uh, don't be so hard on yourself. Um, you know, life is a journey. It's a lot of ups and downs. Uh, the path to success or whatever success looks like for you mm -hmm. is up and down. It's a squiggly line. It's not a linear path. Uh, but you don't have to rush through life. Uh, I would definitely tell, tell, tell my younger self just to, you know, take your time uh, to continue to surround yourself with people that can add value to your life. Um, but all in all, man, I wouldn't really change anything about who I was at 18 because it, it really prepared me for who I am now. So mm -hmm. it's like a lot of the things that, you know, I feel like I would have, or I should tell myself, I feel like I was in that, in the space, in the mental space to know that, man, I, I'm, I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Like I had that, mindset when I was 18 years old that, you know, I was going to be somebody. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually, 10 years ago, met a, met a good friend, one of our mutual friends, Chuck, when yeah. I was 18 years old. And um, this was when I was actually graduating from, from Delhi High School and about to go to, you know, South Africa to, for, for the first time. Mm -hmm. But I was able to run into that brother. Um, so, yeah, big shout out to, to Chuck, man. Uh, Ain't yeah, doing his thing, but nonetheless, I, I, that's what I would tell myself is that you know just just keep it in a row, man. Stay stay in your lane. Don't feel like you gotta like do too much. Um, you gonna be all right. Mm. What would you say is your you know, the in your business journey thus far, or personal, whatever one you want to go, has been your most challenging moment, but also one of your most um, grateful moments. You know what? I don't take life for granted. I mean, I wake up every day and I'm just so thankful that I get to do what I do. Um, and then in terms of like my most challenging moments, I'm in the thick of it right now. Like we're growing. I'm bringing on, you know, some uh, help uh, in the form of virtual assistants and potentially project managers. We got some interns coming in uh, mid-September. Um, just got in a new space. So we're at a place right now where we're growing and people are understanding how important it is to have some type of digital presence, right? If you didn't realize this pre-COVID, then you know this now. <laughs> yeah, because now it's like, <laughs> yo, you gotta have something popping online or people are not going to know you. Yeah. And so w because we are in the business of creating content, folks are now hitting us up you know, a lot more. And, and so there's a spike in terms of the inquiries that we're receiving. But yeah, I would say this is some of the most challenging times right now, but I understand that it's the time for us to continue to grow. It's the mm -hmm. time for me to continue to elevate as a leader, um, as a businessman, as a CEO, as a, as a brother, as a son, as all these titles that I take on. Um, you know, this is the most challenging time and, and I'm most grateful for today. You know what I'm saying? Because all we got right now is the present, mm -hmm. and and it's a present for sure. So, so before I go to the uh, the rapid fire round, I got I got five. I'm gonna say five words, and you just kind of 
give your thoughts and, and think uh, your thoughts about it. All right. All right uh, cool. Let's start off with energy. Uh, reciprocate it. Yeah, you got to reciprocate that energy and um, high vibrations. Mm. Yeah. Faith. Uh, faith without works is dead. You mm. got to continue to, you know, keep the faith, keep that belief within yourself, um, you know, and the people around you that you build relationships with. Closure. Uh, it's important in life to have closure so that you can move on to the next phase. So, you know, if there's anything that you feel you do need closure on, uh, be intentional about having that conversation um, or closing whatever chapter or, or relieving yourself of that old trauma in your past so that you can continue to elevate and grow uh, from that experience. Mm. Humility. Mm, humble. It's important to continue to keep uh, a, hum a, a humble spirit about yourself, no matter how much money you make, no matter, uh, you know, where you end up traveling to in life. Uh, you understand that everybody that you come in contact with has a story that you know nothing about. Mm. So it's important that you continue to stay in a humble state of mind, but at the same time, be confident in who you are. It's a balance. Mm. And then the last is uh, the true essence of confidence. Mm. I think the true essence of confidence is just being true to who you are and not being afraid to wrestle with some of the insecurities that, you know, we face on a daily is to muster up the confidence to know that I am worthy, that I am good enough, that I am uh, or that, that, that I am on this earth for a reason. Mm -hmm. And so continue to lean into that confidence and continue to build that up. Mm. Yeah. How did you find out who you were? I looked myself in the mirror every morning. I asked myself those tough questions. Um, but before then, you know, I would ask my parents, you know, where did y'all come from? You know what I'm saying? My mother, she's from South America. She's from uh, Suriname. Oh. In South America. That's how you got the South American hair. You know what I mean? That's why I got that chemo sabi, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I've never visited Suriname, but I got family out there. All the places you've been, you got to go back, I man. Got, Is there anything back there? Because I'd be like, oh, you got to go back. like, bro, okay, yeah. you might not want to go back there. Like. Nah, it's, uh, I got my family back there, uh, my, my grandfather. Go back there and get some land, bro. I need to, man. I, I swear, I want to go back. It'll be like going to Africa for me because, you know, I've been to Africa like three times. And uh, it's, it's, it's a different feeling being on the continent. Um, but yeah, I would ask my parents, like, you know, where did you come from? You know, obviously, you know, if you're looking at me, you could tell I'm, I'm mixed with a little something. Mm -hmm. Um, so when, as I was growing up, I would always get that question, like you Hispanic, you Chinese, what are, you know what I'm saying? You know, how I was back in the day, people, uh, folks just, just, just ignorant past the schedule. But, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I had some of those conversations uh, with my parents when I was young and, and, you know, I was able to look at the map and say, OK, that's where mom from. And I was able to ask my dad, OK, so where are you from? You was born in New York. OK, well, where's grandma from? Oh, OK, grandma's family came from the Barbados. Mm -hmm. oh, OK, they, they was able to help work on the Panama Canal and then they migrated up to New York. OK, that makes sense to me. So now I know that I got Caribbean, you know, ancestors, Caribbean roots, mm -hmm. um, obviously by way of Africa. And then I have roots in 
South America and Suriname by way of Indonesia. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that really helped give me a perspective of, of who I was. And then, um, you know, I think dealing with, you know, uh, challenging situations and overcoming them, you get to grow up fast. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like when you living in a certain environment, you get to find out who you are really quick mm-hmm. because you got to make some decisions <laughs> and you were put in position in, in, in different positions where you're going to have to stand on all 10, you know, yeah. or, 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 you know, it ain't going to go pretty for you. So, you know, I, I came into a lot of those situations where, yeah, we, we grew up and we had to squabble sometimes. Um, I had to make sure that I protected, you know, my little brother sometimes I had to, you know, figure it out, you know, with the, with the females and, and, and deal with them too. And, uh, you know, so it was a constant learning experience, but after going through all of that, you know, finding who I was, you know, from my parents and then going through the experiences that I, that I went through, um, you know, I was able to ask myself that question and really just come to terms that, yo, I am myself, you know what I'm saying? Like I am Khalil Lloyd. My first name is Yusuf, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, um, Yusuf means Joseph in Arabic mm-hmm. and Khalil is companion, a friend of God. Mm-hmm. And my, our names always had meaning. So that was another source of, uh, understanding who I was as well mm-hmm. through the names that my father and our, our parents gave us. Um, but yeah, all in all, man, I, I'm just a humble servant, man. I'm a vessel and I just hope to do God's work while I'm, while I'm here. So that, uh, you know, again, I could lead this world better than, mm-hmm. than I found it. Yeah, man. And if you had to impart um, one piece of, uh, it could be life or business advice to our, to our audience, man. Um, before we go to our, our, our rapid fire round, man, what would you share? One piece of advice, you know, I would say continue to just dig deep and come to terms and be okay with who you are as an individual. Um, I think self-awareness is key. Mm-hmm. So we, we run into a lot of just distractions and, and we kind of run into this comparison game because now we got social media and we can see what everybody's doing, what everybody looks like. Allegedly. Allegedly, Allegedly what people look you know what like. Allegedly right. what people are doing. Man. Like you, uh, social media, like, oh, damn, man, And you like, bro, it's like, it's, it's really, but no no verifications. Right. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, these, these blue checks, they don't really mean nothing. And so, you know, sometimes you got to take yourself out of, out of the matrix. And I, I feel for the, the younger generation because oh, that's all they know. But it's... Well, your kid, how old your kids, bro? Three and five. <laughs> bro, they come, they, it's the belly of the beast, bro. Like, amen, amen. Yeah. But yeah, just, you know, self-awareness is key. I, that's the biggest piece of advice that I would give anybody and, you know, really take your time to, um, you know, wrestle with some of those tough questions, um, but then also establish a board of directors around you that you can go to for advice, that you can bounce ideas off of that um, are diversely you know, experts in different fields, I think that's very important as well. So mm. having a good team, strong team around you too. Mm. So let's go to the rapid fire round, man. I got five rapid fire questions, rapid fire answers, you ready to roll? Let's go. Uh, what's the best piece of advice that you have never received? Mm. 
that I never received. <laughs> yeah. Damn, and it's supposed to be rapid fire, so I got I to get off the top of my head that I never received. Um, that a million dollars is really not a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as an individual, right? So you can make a million dollars. You can gross a million dollars, yeah. but how much are you keeping? Oh, yeah. I know people right? that gross million and I'm like, they broke. I'm like, bro. For sure. Why start business? They and like... They, and then Uncle Sensei, I, I, again, so, and I may be jaded because I never made a million dollars, but I understand, like, once you get to that certain tax bracket, you know, Uncle Sam taking 50 of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Then you got other expenses. And unless you got creative accounts. That's true. That's the next level of things, man. A million dollars, yeah. but how much are you keeping? Oh, yeah, I know people right. that gross million. I'll give reparations. Yeah, I was just about to say, I knew you was going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm giving reparations. We need that. But how much, though? Yeah, we need that. Because, bro, it's, un- bro, yeah, we, we in the fabric that. of all, don't, and don't you dare Joe Biden talk about no free college. <laughs> don't you dare talk about no damn yeah, free college, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, They need to wipe away all that student loan debt. And, and then oh, some yeah, land. Yeah. For sure, we need some land. Don't just give us cash. Give nah, us the land. We need 40 acres and a mule. That mm-hmm. that was, you know, really provided, that, that was uh, promised to us, that, that got reneged on, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So we need to account for the inflation. Yeah. And so we might need to time that 40 acres by whatever, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Whatever calculations make sense. But, um, you know, I know um, they was calling for like 40, 14 trillion, you know, in reparations or something like that. Oh, well, so, they can, but they they got three trillion. They got this this uh, PPP stuff, and oh, they, they cashed yeah. out their homies and oh, stimulus yeah. checks. They just, oh, oh wow, the America, the COVID, my God, that, that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, shoot, if that's the case, Come on. we hitting our bread like that. Let's go ahead, let's Come run on, it up. Man. Let's do it for real, for real. So yeah, I mean, reparations, run, run us that. We mm-hmm. need that. And then the last question of the podcast, man, I, I consider everyone um, a culture change agent that's on the show in their own right. So for yourself, man, if you could change one thing about, um, if you if you could change one thing about the culture or society, rather, most specifically our African American culture, what would it be, and why? Uh, if I could change anything, I would just more so want unity, more unity, for us to operate in the spirit of Umoja, um, which is a, a you know one of the seven principles of Kwanzaa. Uh, I would want us to really understand and learn our true history, mm-hmm. where we really come from, understanding that we was already here before colonizers came. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's power in that. Mm-hmm. So once people really tap into who they truly are, um, that's going to really bring forth that empowerment, that confidence. And, you know, again, just being able to know who you are as a, as a person, I think that's that's very important. So, yeah, that's one thing that I would want is just more unity, um, and and just for people to really understand who we truly are and where we truly came from. Mm, mm, mm. So, minority trailblazer the nation, man, that's a wrap. That's a wrap, man. So, from the bottom of my heart, man. I want to thank you for giving us over all your time, man, allowing us to come invade this studio, set up everything, sure, man. Sure. Always um, It's been a pleasure, a journey, and I, I just love it that we just, man, honestly, at the end of the day, these podcasts, especially with brothers like yourself, we just vibe and we just continue to build. Yeah, that's it. We just building. Like, that's I don't it. even, 
it's, it's, I'm at the point in life right now where, to be frank, I, everything's actually on the cake, man. Yeah. Like, I'm just, I'm just living now. Right, People right, are like, yo, right. G, you going all this other stuff? I'm like, yo, I'm just living. Like, yeah. really, I've already, I've accomplished what I said I'd accomplish. Right. Everything, like, all the other stuff is cool. We're going to hit more marks. We got more levels. We got more gears. Right, right, right. But, bro, like, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of to say I've accomplished what I have. A, I have a great group of friends I always have, have mm. a great network always have. I'm treating them honorably. Mm. Now we're doing that. Um, my my mom proud of me. My dad proud of me. That's what's up. Um, and not bro, like we like everything that I wanted to do, we've done. Mm. Like there's other mm. levels, but that stuff that's that's worldly validation. Mm-hmm. That'll mm-hmm. come. That's cool, yeah. but I don't need it like that. So I mean, I got my people, and then shoot, we got the church and and my mm-hmm. my my family, man. So I just tried to live in that space because you know, like you said, sometimes we shortcut ourselves, but then what if God take us? And we like, oh, dang, I ain't reached the level of success. Like, no, nah, bro, like, because people that would die for what you got. That's right. Um, That's right. And shoot, you would have died for what you got if you knew what you was yeah. going to get at this time, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I just always try to, like I said, I'm working on being more present with people sure. like yourself and, and people like, whoa, and just in general, like, man, acknowledging the, the richness of life. Mm. Of course, we say that at a time where people are getting killed and people... Um, but honestly, it's, it's, that's the nature of the game, man. Sure. Ain't none of us going to be, be here forever. The only thing promised in life is death. That's it. You know what that's I'm a hard truth. So, yeah. So, sure. uh, we in on that, man. My Little Trouble the Nation, make sure you do two things. Mm-hmm. Two mm-hmm. things only. One, make sure you leave a review. Give us five stars. If it's not five stars, email me so I can delete it and act like I never saw it, right? Um, number two, number two, number two, make sure you changing the freaking culture Good night.